0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Shit We Don't Talk About, powered by Helix Interactive. My guest is Tara E.J. of Love Glass Revolution, and our topic this episode is all about being a love rebel and activist. That seems like a daunting task these days, right? Well, sit down and strap in. You're about to find out more. Here we go. Tara E.J., how are yeah. you? Did I say You're right? present. EJ?
1: Yeah, you said it right.
0: <laughs> Darling, we are going to talk about being a fierce love rebel activist. I know I don't even need to romance you on this. We're just going to get right into it. I might get a hit off your love bong. Who knows? <laughs> Let's do this. Love it. So what an interesting time to be talking about being a love rebel or an activist. It feels like an oxymoron with what's going on in the world. So your message is needed even more now than ever.
1: Yeah, I agree that uh, love is sometimes looked at in the a view of love, light, and uh, just kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but, To me, it's a very direct connection between uh, love and light and action. It's very, very much part of the whole essence. And I can't imagine, actually, anything I say more divine than loving your brothers and sisters and being active in that and what that looks like in the world in all the different ways.
0: In all the different ways is the clue here, because it does feel even more difficult. We're so divided and uh, even more so than when you started this whole love glass revolution, which is fantastic. And if you are uh, watching the video, hold on, we both need to put our love glasses on, folks, because these are, well, bam, I can't even with how fabulous we look right now. I will take a picture of it. And uh I wore these wonderful glasses to the Long Hopes Donkey Shelter. And your your quote was, those are the kind of asses I want to hang out with, right?
1: Sometimes I say something. Strange, which surprise people.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, because uh if you're watching this and you'll see in the video, uh Tara is wearing a hijab and I want to talk about your original journey, which was becoming a Muslim, which had interesting timing as well. And then we'll talk about love glass revolution and then how to be an effective, fierce love rebel. So let's hear your journey on this. Yeah.
1: So um, it came on my radar many moons ago. So I uh, had started studying about Islam, learning about Islam, and it just really spoke to me. It wasn't something I ever thought that I would convert to, do uh, any of it. And um, I ended up doing just that. And I wanted to to do all of the things, which meant wearing the scarf and all of that. And I made that decision and it was just months before 9-11 happened.
0: And Crazy what timing.
1: A, yeah. I always had that kind of timing. And so um, what happened is my father ended up calling me. I do remember this really strongly because we're from New York and really kind of, he was in tears asking me and begging me, please to take it off, take off the scarves. You know, he was really scared for me. And, um, my father worked in a prison for 30 years. He knows some things and, you know, it was just crazy times, but I, I didn't want to, because I said, I made this decision and let's go for it. And, um, But it was scary. I'm not going to lie. It was a scary time because we didn't know what was happening um, or how we would be affected or whatever. So I do recall just kind of laying low for a lot of years and trying not to let people be afraid of me.
0: Right. You know, that's the expectation. And you've mentioned before that even when you did convert and you're wearing the scarves that people would say, so where are you from? And you grew up in New York, right? Yeah. I'm like from upstate New York. Yeah. But where, where are your parents from? I'm
1: like, I, I mean, yeah, same. And you know, it just kept going until you get back third, fourth generation. And I'm just like, I'm really, that's where I'm from.
0: And we've talked about this distinction before of the difference in the questioning and, you know, you start to get to know it after a bit. So, you know, people will say to me, so where did you grow up? Uh, because I'm a transplant here in Colorado. And I, I, take it for what it is. But when someone keeps saying, no, really, where, where, where are you from? You start to see it a little bit. And I know you handle it well, but uh, yeah, I know it happens.
1: Yeah. I think one of my biggest takeaways from that was when I was in the hospital one time and my husband was there and the doctor looked straight over me, asked my husband, does your wife speak English? I'm thinking, well, very well. Can I translate for you? But, you know, I just was such an, I behaved, you know. I heard you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a doctor, you know.
0: No doubt. So then you had, uh, so you've, you've gone through, obviously, so that was 2001. Yes. What an interesting time. So you've gone through right. these iterations of how people view you. Uh, I, yes. I can understand that had to be an incredibly painful time. But again, this is something that you chose that's really spoke to your heart and you've stuck with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful when you look at the essence, but like anything else, it's, <laughs> you got to get down to the bottom because, you know, everything, everything around it. Looks crazy. Um, but we fast forward, I would say, till about 2016, and that's when things started to get really interesting for um, me, Muslims in general. There was a lot of fear, there was a lot of hype. Um, we were being used in the political rhetoric yes. lines. Uh, you know, there was the San Bernardino thing, there was the Pulse shooting. I mean, there was talk of internment camps. I even remember some of my friends calling me and asking if they could escort me to the bank or to the store. And that's where I was living in this place of fear at that sure, time.
0: Sure, sure. Because that brought it home. And I know you've mentioned before too, even walking into a place where on television we're saying that, it, I mean, this, this discussion about whether people should be put into internment camps. And, yes. and then you said everybody sort of turned and looked at you.
1: Yes. In that moment, when that was said on TV and they all turned to look at me, I felt that, I mean, you can feel people just staring at you. And I was the only one there like, okay, just here for the French toast. But um, when I went home, I called my brother. He's kind of like my safe space. He's, again, my brother followed my father. He worked at the prison. He's a big guy and he's got this huge heart and he, didn't know what to say, but he sent me this little meme and it was a little guinea pig wearing heart-shaped glasses and it said, can't see haters with my love
0: glasses on. And you had that as your screensaver when you came on and I said this, uh-huh. that you just can't be mad when you see that. <laughs> you see a guinea pig with heart-shaped glasses and they're, they're and yeah, so you you made that into a thing. you said before too, that you're glad your brother sent you heart-shaped glasses.
1: I'm so grateful. We laugh about that. He could have sent me a lot of memes and we're glad that was the movement that he sent, you know, the, the, the movement we made. But yes, it was just this really sudden realization that in the scheme of everything crazy in the world, you can't control what's going on out there, but you can only control your reaction to it. And I think that's where like this power, it, it kind of gave me this power back, right?
0: Yeah. where I am
1: no longer a victim of my life.
0: It's like an actionable item, right? Yes, mm. yes.
1: And it, I, I know you can say it many different ways, but that meme just is the one that affected me that day in that way. And I just have never looked back. I bought a pair of heart-shaped glasses, went out to the world, ready for people to come at me, if you will, because I'm a little naughty that way. Like, okay, you got something to say because I got my line. I'm ready. and that's not what happened. Uh, People wanted to connect. People wanted to talk with me. They wanted to say how much they loved my heart-shaped glasses, and I soon realized they were a power of connectivity and great smiles, conversations, and that's kind of like how I like to show up in the
0: world, so it was pretty perfect. People following you around when you had them on. Yeah, they did.
1: I, I was—I remember being in Sprouts, and the lady circled the produce aisle three times just to catch me. I didn't know if she—if I should run or run toward her. I wasn't sure. And we caught up near the zucchinis, and uh, she just happened to really love, you know, and
0: I love those glasses.
1: And I think I ended up giving them to her. Did and you?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I'm known for that. So.
0: And that's a, that's a beautiful thing too. Just like Carrie, if you really like this and have these, and then again bridging that gap of that fear because i know you say you uh, changes the narrative they want you to be scary they want yeah. you to be foreign they want me to be foreign and scary so even going beyond just the fear of who you are, now you've created this love glass revolution, which is fabulous. We're going to have all the links in the show notes uh, when you when we put this out, but now it's going into even more because we are looking at, fast forward four years later, I mean, we thought things were a little bit of a shit show back in 2016. Now we've really upped the ante quite a bit, so this message is needed even more, and when i was looking at i uh, was you know doing my little semi gentle stalking of you before starting the podcast of realizing it was bringing up a lot for me as far as the love revolution and being a love rebel and an activist and you've mentioned in other interviews that You've even had people maybe unfriend you because they're like, I can't live up to this love expectation. And I know for me, I have a little bit of a love-hate, complicated relationship with love because it can mean so many things.
1: Yeah, it is challenging when you say talk about love. For me, I mean, the idea is simple in loving. It's like loving for me and then wanting for my brother and sister what I want for myself. Like It's a very simple, simple thing, very hard to implement. Mm. And you have to make cho- choices every day within that. Like, what does that look like? What does helping people look like? What does loving people look like? Where do I stop loving myself and then loving others? Like, there's, there's a lot to it. Yeah. And, and it's different for everybody, by the way. Like, I can't tell you how to go out and love the world. I can tell you what I feel about it or mm. my idea. And, um, you know, you have to do it your way. That's the beauty or the magic. Because sure everyone is going out in their way using their gifts and graces in the world to make their part of the world better maybe they're you know helping the unsheltered population maybe they're helping with the animals maybe they're help- like if everyone does their piece that's a service I just can't see how we could st- you know we start connecting more and more
0: absolutely but and, and- love is real It is. It is. And as I've always said, the running theme, whether we like it or not in this podcast is mind your business. So with that being said, if you are figuring out what's working for you, that's one of the hardest things I see on social media sometimes is the, oh, well, you care about this. Don't you care about this? And it doesn't have to be an either or. It can be an and also type of thing. And and that's the same thing for me. Like I find those things that really light me up. It's not going to necessarily be, I I would be worn out if I tried to cover all the bases. If I focus on what's really important for me, what lights me up. And then also making sure that I'm grounded, right? I've got that self-care because then that's when I can work from love.
1: It's so true. I mean, we all expect everybody to do everything all the time. Everyone is just not designed that way. Like you're going to have people that are going to be marching and they can, but then you're going to need the people that are out spreading the word about the marching. Then you're going to need the people that are supporting the marchers like, like, and it doesn't have to be all about marching. It can be Mm -hmm. every different way, but like sometimes people get caught in the idea of you need to be doing this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I do feel we all need to be voting. But, you know, that's, that's another story, right? Mm-hmm. So, act, like- act,
0: act, act. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, but, folks, we were in the, still in the election period. But a vote and vote every election and then get yeah. involved after the vote is done. So see what yeah, everybody's doing yeah. that you elected or that you didn't elect. Still, ste- yes. you know, make sure they're living up to what they said they would.
1: Correct. Because, I mean, they say the opposite of love is apathy. It's not even hate, it's apathy. And so you have to be involved because this is, even if you want to make a change, if you're not happy, okay, this party, that party, I get it, but get involved and see how you can make a difference. Don't just complain on Facebook, it's not helpful.
0: I think that's the biggest difference I see between now and four years ago, is many of us that were asleep at the wheel are now like, ooh, you know, now, now I need to not only use my voice, but then be effective, yes as well. So that's that action piece of you can, you can sit in love and light, but you need the action too. Yeah.
1: And four years ago, I didn't even realize that I had a voice. Mm. Um, I just showed up at a women's march with a 12 foot love for all banner and everybody wanted to, you know, hang out with my banner and me. (laughs) 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 Right. I mean, whatever. It was just so fun. And uh, I, I realized that I was part of this fabric for real, like, and that I needed to be part of this. And it was this huge awakening for me. And then understanding that I wasn't alone, that there's a lot of people that felt that they weren't being seen and heard or scared. Yeah. And so this has been a huge, huge thing for me.
0: I think that was something that came up for a lot of people, especially empaths, light workers, when you started to feel this energy of these voices crying out that aren't being heard. I will say this year, especially, we're starting to hear that even more so of dropping what, well, everything's good for me because we, we have had a bit of an equalizer of a sort with the pandemic Obviously, hitting many folks harder than others, but I think we're starting to hear the voices even more so of not seen, not heard, not represented.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's time. It's long past time. I mean, if we're going to be that enlightened society that we want to dream about, then mm-hmm. I think we need to start, you know, understanding where everybody else is at too, you know, and bring people together and truly move along as a unit, and, and that's the only way.
0: I agree. And one thing we, we definitely want to cover is the balance between being a love, a love rebel and a love activist and then toxic positivity. mm, mm. Everybody, we're all shaking our heads, and I'm going to throw this in here real quick. I looked this up. I love this gal. Dr. Jamie Zuckerman says, toxic positivity is the assumption either by oneself or others that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should only have a positive <laughs> mindset or, pet peeve, positive vibes. Let's dig into that a little bit.
1: That's, that's a really crazy thought to me since we're human and we have the full range of emotions for a reason Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, I think then you dig into those emotions and the awareness of them are so important why does that make you mad why are you angry why are you sad all of that I feel like the purpose to me is like you should be mad about some of this stuff we should be mad as hell actually Yeah. yeah and then take that and channel it into something actionable um Again,
0: That's for yourself, hard. something actionable for you, right? For you. Thank you. For you.
1: Mm. So whatever that looks like to you. Um, and whatever you're passionate about, pick one, two, or three things. You can't do it all. You cannot do it all. And there's some, somebody will be picking it up somewhere for something. Just be passionate about what that thing is you're doing. That's what I think.
0: And I, I, I always say uh, you can do 10 things really well or... 50 things kind of (laughs) shitty and then you're still not going to feel great about it. But, um, and, and I definitely think as far as the, the positivity piece of it, you know, and this is where I struggle with it as well with, with love and kindness. And I love that our darling Louisa has the kindness movement as well is being really clear about the difference between showing love acting out of love and kindness and um, not being a pushover because I think what happens especially with these toxic memes these but this toxic positivity is that oh you need to be nice no matter what no you need to you need to have your voice. You need to get angry when you want to. I love righteous anger, a big fan of it. Um, you have to temper it, of course. But I think that for some folks that are in a codependent mindset or a victim mentality, um, that could turn into something dangerous. So getting super grounded and then also not expecting everybody else to feel great all the time.
1: No, that's not even realistic. And it's not, I mean, to I me. Mean, Not sustainable, no. And the reason that I have heart-shaped glasses, even rose-colored ones, is not because we're Pollyanna. It is because we absolutely see what the world is, is, what's going on in the world, and that we are choosing to make a better choice, a better decision in the midst of it for us whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. and because we have to get through this life this is our life too and we absolutely don't get to have to be robbed of joy even in the midst of all the crazy we 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 deserve to have joy when we can through the craziness because we get to live this life you know
0: it's all of it amen amen to that and I think uh yep Hanging on to your joy, finding your joy on that too. Again, not having that mindset of that it's got to just be sunshine and, and roses all the time. I know for for me personally, my default is definitely can be to the negative, and I look at that a lot. And I think especially right now, we just we it's, it's such an overused phrase, but it's so true. You don't know what someone else's journey is or their struggle is. I mean, sometimes my first default is, what the fuck does that mean, right? When I see comments on social media and I come out swinging um, yeah, with my yeah. little blowtorch. And so I have to, I have to <laughs> t- t- temper that a lot too and um, know that I don't have that, that being kind and being loving is not weak.
1: No, it's not weak. And, and, and being kind and loving to yourself first what you can take. So if you're going crazy with that social media and it's getting to you, kindness to yourself would be getting off that social media for a minute, even though, you know, you gotta, you know, I mean, like, there's things to do you're, you're, you know, it's, it's finding that balance and and it's not easy. There's nothing easy about this. Um, And I'm not telling you this, like, like I have bad days. I sat down, had a temper tantrum, you know, a week ago, I mean, it's.
0: Did you just, film it? it? Just
1: kidding. Yeah, I did not film it. But <laughs> it would have been interesting. And you know, it's been hard. I had a friend whose son just committed suicide, and oh, I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there has been a lot going on, and yeah. um, I'm gonna. But I, I'm gonna keep pushing and reminding myself that we're here for a purpose, and let's make it the best journey that we can, in spite of what life throws at you.
0: And showing yourself the, the grace again, and it's such a, it, it is hard when you are working social media or you are somebody that has to, you know, be on that to keep the pulse and then balance that. I am certainly working at it because I can feel that tug literally of getting, you know, you could really fall down the rabbit hole. There's so much to be outraged. The outrage fatigue is a real deal. But one of the other things is doing that daily work to get grounded so that um, you have defined what works for you uh, as far as boundaries. And um, that's a huge deal, I think, too, setting boundaries.
1: It is. And, and I, I learned about that. And, you know, that, that goes back to your nice comment. I mean, um, nice is overrated. Uh, kind is good, but nice. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was nice. You know, I mean, you got it. Really, you have to be kind to yourself. And we don't have to give of everything of yourself to others if you're not able to. And that's what we have to learn because the work you need to do has to come from somewhere. Yes. We can't do it all.
0: Yes, and it has to be grounded in that as well. And I, I know for myself of, of growing up in a generation where... We were very voiceless, especially as women. Uh, being, I was born in the mid-60s and, and really came of age in the 70s and 80s. It was, it was a very seen and not heard, uh, not as much as my parents, of course, but a very seen and not heard. So finding your voice, and you're so right about that nice thing. That's probably why I have this complicated relationship, love and kindness, because yeah. you're a lot of times told uh, that uh, other people know better. To be nice and smile more. Shut the (laughs) right. That's how that's where I'm at now. Smile. No. Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've we've got a long way to go, but we we'll keep reminding each other along the way to step into our power. I mean, I feel women have have really gained strength. They're they're using it, and this is not to exclude men. It's just to find a place. Uh, right there too, you know, and so this is this is exciting times when you look at the awakening this way.
0: Yes, it's and it definitely is. Uh, a time for everybody to be included. I always say that my brand is unisex because even mother nature is like, nah, nobody's going to get over on each other. We're about 50-50 in the population. And I know that uh, Love Glass Revolution is the same too. We want to open open that up. But I do think that women being much more precise about their word and then also not explaining and don't have to get mad to be heard. I'm going right. to put my sunglasses on when, I'm, when I uh, – When I get real definitive with people, how's that? Put my love glasses (laughs) on. So, you have something exciting coming up. Speaking of love, is your new book that's coming out. Yes. And it will be out by the time this podcast drops. So, let's talk about that.
1: I can hold it up because I have a copy right now. Love meets life stories of love showing up in unexpected ways. But I'm really excited about this because it's 53 diverse authors all different walks of life, different career paths and talking about their stories. And it is not like soft and fluffy all the time. It is not, it's, You saw some of the titles.
0: (laughs) I did. I did. And I love that you put the word out to authors. Everybody submitted them. You did not give anything specific as to what the topic was love, but they could come at it in any angle that they like. And it is super diverse. So we have uh, love is an action word. We have from Louisa, the college box is the name of her chapter. Uh, Here comes the judge. When a whisper becomes a roar. And then I love this one. Where's my milkshake? Mm -hmm. Ah, that is a chapter
1: (laughs) we're getting good feedback about randy's chapter
0: (laughs) and i love that it's coming no pun intended i love that love is coming up in so many different ways and so you compiled this this book is out now and we're going to put the the uh, link here in the show notes as well what we'd rather have is that you order them through the authors is that right
1: yeah, the authors. Um, if you if you love one of the authors in particular, please order from them. Of course, it's on Amazon. Um, it's on my website, myloveglasses.com. So yeah, you can find it all over. I mean, hopefully, and and one of our authors. no, so, no, few of our authors are worldwide. So Ireland, Canada. So we've we've got some really cool things happening.
0: Look what you did. I love it. We just put out the call and it just showed up. Isn't it interesting too when you when you put out that call, like it's gonna hit somebody in the heartstrings in their feels and they want to get their message out there? I cannot wait to read it. So now we're gonna end with a few things. And then uh, and then we're ready what is your favorite swear word or expletive? And then you've got a little bit fancy extra to this question too, which I love.
1: Uh, this question makes me laugh every time. You know, the, the way I run around in the world, right? I My father could put words together that would make a trucker blush, right? So I've <laughs> learned some things in my lifetime and I can say them. I usually do not. Uh, you asked me my favorite swear word. It's like, I guess it'd have to be a good old fashioned F every yeah. now and again, you know, yeah. just because it's so universal and
0: it's a very flexible word,
1: very flexible. And, you know, sometimes you just, mm, you know, need it and it's, it's just so comfortable in my family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a leopard can't change its spots. Is that what they say?
0: <laughs> and why should he? Especially when it's in the family, <laughs> you have your your dad and your brother and, uh, with their their background as well. But what I also love is your extra <laughs> fancy thing that you have in case you do want to swear. Tell us about oh, that. that's funny.
1: Yeah, so one of the um, authors who's also been a friend for forever, um, he made me laugh. He said the F word one day, and then I just repeated it back to him, like somewhere, and um, in private, you know. And he laughed so hard, and he's, he knows I can't say it out loud. So he created this whole private Facebook group said I could go in there and swear anytime I want to. And it's just hilarious. And I'm like, that's love right there. That's love.
0: It is. You know, there's people that have a safe word. There's people that have a panic room and you've got a safe room for your <laughs> swearing. It was just <laughs> so funny. Uh, I have actually is...
1: yet to utilize it, but it was so funny. It was so perfect.
0: Oh, like a like a soundproof swear room. <laughs> I always tell people don't uh don't put me on speaker <laughs> when I <Yeah>. call. <laughs> You've been warned. You knew better. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> all right. Well, I cannot wait to read the book and tell us where we can find you.
1: Oh yeah, I'm all over social media. Um, myloveglasses.com is the website and Love Glasses Revolution on every other platform. And just come find us. We'll just change the world together or at least our part of it. And-
0: Thank you you for that. Get yourself some of these glasses. You'll look fabulous. Thank you, Tara. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that had a lot of great bells and whistles to it. And I'm so grateful to Tara for sharing her journey with us. Dumping toxic positivity and embracing the messy work of being a love rebel is where it's at. If you want to hear more about the work that Tara is doing and also get yourself some of those amaze balls heart-shaped glasses, go to myloveglasses.com. If you like the episode, please do all the things, like, share with your friends, subscribe, and leave me a review, especially if it's a good one. If you really like the podcast and you want to show it, head on over to shitwedonttalkaboutpodcast.com. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Click on the Patrons button and become a full-time supporter of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Okay, thanks, bye.